TED Audio Collective. Welcome back to TED Health. This is Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter. As a physician, I firmly believe that nurses are the backbone of our entire healthcare system. So why are they usually excluded from high-level decision-making? In his TEDx talk titled Bridging the Gap, Let Nurses Innovate, nurse and healthcare technology strategist Ben Grant challenges us to rethink the traditional power structures in healthcare and to recognize the unique expertise and insights that nurses bring to the table. He explores how we can empower nurses to drive innovation, to not only improve patient care, but change the healthcare system from the inside out. And after the talk, I'll interview Shauna Butler, a nurse economist and host of the See You Now podcast. She's working every day to bring to life the vision that Ben Grand describes in his talk. So stick around. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on fitness trends. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in active lifestyle, healthy eating, wearable tech, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas that you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this podcast comes from The Wonderful Company. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, you probably know the pistachios that come from this company. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Get snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. I love the various wonderful pistachio flavors. So in addition to the original flavor, I'm particularly fond of the salt and vinegar. And I keep little packets of them in my car so that I can eat and get some protein on the run. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I love nursing. And I also love innovation. However, often when I speak about innovation within the field of nursing, I'm met with, and it's understandable. Innovation and technology within the healthcare sector is growing really fast. And sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to keep up with the new technologies. 
and now as a new professional within the field, I'm slowly starting to relate a little bit more to this response. Us nurses are already really busy. We're not offered the opportunity to innovate. And quite frankly, we're not paid enough. However, if we could change this attitude of innovation earlier on during nursing education, I believe we could have our future nurses innovate in a way to improve the working quality for healthcare professionals, which in turn will improve patient care. This is the key to making our future nurses the stakeholders within the future development of the healthcare system. So, what is innovation? It's a bit of an ambiguous word that can mean a lot of different things to many different people. But simply put it, innovation is looking at a problem, understanding it, and trying to make it better. And if you make it better, that's innovation. Innovation can be applied to something which already exists or can be used to develop something completely new. But before we go deeper into this topic, let me tell you all the story which inspired me to have this speech here today. When I started my final internship for my nursing studies at the end of 2020, I had an interview with a ward manager on the first day. One of the questions which she asked me was, so Ben, where do you see yourself going in the next five to 10 years? Honestly, I had to think about it for a little while. And then I told her, well, to be honest, I don't think I can be a nurse forever. It's really hard work, like really, really hard, both physically and emotionally. But I am passionate about healthcare and would love to pursue a future career in healthcare innovation and technology. And yes, I know some of you might think it's a little bit strange for a near graduate to be planning on leaving his career on the first day of his internship. And you know what she said? Well, she said, oh, I see. I'm not too sure about this whole innovation thing. I'm not really a big fan. Whoa, 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 okay. I was taken aback. You see, that's what I wanted to do. The egotistical part of me wanted to say, what do you mean you don't like innovation? You don't want to improve the working quality for healthcare professionals, which in turn will improve patient care? Well, I didn't say that, obviously. Instead, I asked her one simple question, and that was, why? And what she told me gave me the biggest light bulb moment. She said, well, too often a business person or an engineer comes to me with a new technology or innovative idea, and more often than not, it's not very user-friendly or it just adds more to our workload. Okay, so I'm standing there and I'm thinking, ding! This is the moment that I realized there's, there's a huge disconnect between the developer and the end user within the healthcare sector. In fact, this isn't the first time I've gotten this kind of response. Throughout my studies and now my career, I've often recognized that there's a bit of a frustration factor whenever new technologies or processes are introduced. So on our days full of taking making reports, taking patients' vitals, communicating with doctors, physiotherapists, family members, taking patients' vitals again, and, and charting, and God, am I forgetting something? Well, that's honestly on a good day. But most of the time, we're 
covering for our colleagues who are away on sick leave due to burnout, taking on extra administrative roles because hospitals are trying to save money, and answering call bells. <sighs> the call bells. Especially to independent patients who all of a sudden can't do anything for themselves anymore. So if there's anybody out there who knows a nurse, which most of you probably do, go ahead and ask them to share a story with you about call bells on these kinds of uh, patients. They're often quite amusing, but at the time, ugh, so frustrating. So yeah, adding a new technology or process on top of all of this, especially when they're going through beta stage flaws, only adds on to the headache. And you see, nursing's changing. It's not the same that it was 20 to 30 years ago. Neither is the healthcare system, and it seems like education is not quite caught up. A lot of new technologies are being introduced, and most of nurses' time is still being spent completing mundane and repetitive tasks. In addition to this, we're seeing an aging population, we're seeing an increase in the cost of care, patients' needs are more demanding, and a shortage in healthcare staff. However, we could have these repetitive and mundane tasks of charting aided by AI and technologies as small as a ring taking patients' vitals. This would hopefully leave more time for nurses to communicate and provide care for their patients, but also give them an opportunity to solve problems within their organizations. In fact, the World Health Organization estimates that by 2030, there's going to be a global healthcare shortage, with 9 million of those being nursing-specific. This is caused by experienced nurses coming towards their retirement, a poor retention rate of new professionals, and less people entering the field altogether. It's not looking very good. So we're at a point now where we can no longer wait and see if these advancements will happen in the healthcare sector. We're at a point now where these advancements technologies have to happen. But who are the ones who should be driving these advancements in technologies? Well, the answer is frontline healthcare workers, nurses. We are the ones who have been using all of the technologies which have been introduced thus far. We work with them every day, see where their flaws are, and some of us might have pretty good ideas on how to make them better. But most importantly, us nurses are the ones who truly understand what aspects of our jobs can be replaced with future technologies. If we can combine the, the frontline experience of nurses with the innovative approaches of business people and engineers, just imagine the improvements we could see. We could actually start solving the problems nurses face every day by including them, the end user, within the development phase. So that comes now to my main question. How do we solve this multidimensional issue? It is quite a big one. Well, a good start would be by looking into our education system. From my experience going through my bachelor degree in nursing, they take a bunch of nursing students where a nurse in the front of the class teaches them about nursing. And it makes sense. But what this does is it creates a nursing bubble within the university, and sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to penetrate through that barrier. What it does is it 
narrows your path to where what you learn is only useful for that profession without exploration and problem solving within the industry. As a nursing student going through a bachelor degree, you're merely handed the tools and taught how to use them. There's very little emphasis on being able to look at that tool and thinking, aha, this would work much better if it was made like this. And here's the thing. Universities are networking havens. We're literally working in establishments where we have people working on business and marketing, IT, engineering, design, culture, healthcare, and that is only the tip of the iceberg. As a student, I was lucky enough to be a part of a group who were really keen on extracurricular innovation projects. We had a diverse group of students, myself a nurse, two industrial designers, a cultural manager, and a health tech engineer. This experience taught me so much about the importance of networking and how to work within a multi-professional team. And I couldn't help but think that every single student should have an opportunity like this and solve real-life problems. But most importantly, it showed me that we needed each other to make this project become alive. During the same time, we also established a nonprofit which looked at enriching the innovative and entrepreneurial culture amongst the university students. I was lucky to have an experience like this. And I should acknowledge that there are the beginnings of innovation education within nursing studies, but it's at its infancy stage and not held as a priority within the classroom. So if there's any nursing educators out there, in fact, all educators who aren't already doing this, is to, if there's one thing I would like to ask, is that you let your students out of that bubble. Make them professionally mix and match, interact, network, and work on projects with students going through different courses within your university. From my experience in the projects that I did with my colleagues, I can see a huge benefit in this kind of cross-course collaboration. What might come out of it can be truly special, and the connections you get from them would, can last a lifetime. Now, when you really think about it, how can we develop easily adoptable technologies for nurses if we never get a chance to learn how to really sit down and work within a multi-professional team? So in our future careers as healthcare professionals, when we come across a potential problem, we can draw from those past experiences and networks we gained as students to at least get started with the innovation process. Now, there are many barriers nurses and health tech developers face within the healthcare sector. Educating our nurses about innovation and what's to come in the future of the healthcare system, we can slowly start to make them the stakeholders within the strategy. However, Education is not an end-all solution. The solution lies in a more integrative approach where education, technology, governance, leadership, laws, finances are all taken into consideration. But these are all entire TEDx talks in themselves and outside of my personal experience. So if there's anybody out there listening who's an expert within the field, I would like to invite somebody to come up here and speak about how we can start solving these issues. We need to get this ball rolling because... Time is seriously starting to run out. 
And now for myself as a new professional within the field, if there's a message that I would like to share, that is that if you're a startup, innovator, business person, engineer, or anybody working on a healthcare-related technology or service, is to get in contact with the nurse. Ask us, how can this product or service be made better to suit our needs better? Trust me, we want to help. That's kind of why we're nurses to begin with. And while I'm on the topic, I would also like to encourage nurses and students to get more involved. Find like-minded people in societies. These might be part of the hospital you're working for or within your local university. And if you have a business or innovation idea, share it. Speak to people and find other services within your community. There are healthcare-related hackathons, incubators, and other kinds of services to help you construct these ideas better. Now, studies have shown that innovation empowers nurses when it looks at ways of improving patient care, technologies, and processes. However, this is only possible with financial support, healthcare leaders promoting an environment where intellectual creativity is promoted, and employees get the recognition and prestige that they deserve. However, time and time again, When I've spoken to nurses as a student and now as a professional, it seems like there's something preventing nurses from achieving this. There's something fundamentally preventing nurses from innovating more. Well, nurses are overworked, burning out, underpaid, often unappreciated with their own organizations, especially within the public sector. But most importantly, we aren't offered the opportunity to truly demonstrate our potential. Now, as AI and technologies assume many tasks of nurses in the near future, we need to educate and facilitate our future nurses to be the stakeholders within the future development of the healthcare system. Our future nurses will be the healthcare information integrators, healthcare consultants, health coaches, and providers of human care, supported by these technologies and AI, not replaced by them. After all, one of the first human interactions you have in life is with a nurse in the maternity ward. And one of your last will be with a nurse by your bedside. The way we support our nurses in society is a choice So please, help us nurses so we can help you innovate. Let's build a better future together. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on fitness trends. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in active lifestyle, healthy eating, wearable tech, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas that you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. 
Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You can earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, listeners, it's Dr. Shoshana again. Today, I'm thrilled to be having a conversation with Shauna Butler. Shauna's a nurse, and she has an MBA from the University of North Carolina. She's a health tech specialist, the managing director of NextMed Health, and the host of the See You Now podcast. So Shauna, how did you become interested in nurse-led innovation and really disrupting traditional power structures in healthcare? You know, I don't really think of it as nurse-led innovation. I, I think of it as health innovation, as problem-solving. And what I noticed is that whenever there was a problem to be solved, there was a certain category of people that um, leadership would lean on and say, we think you probably have the best solutions for this or help us to figure out how we're going to design the solution. And when you had that very narrow category, what I found happening is that oftentimes we weren't thinking about the root causes of the problem. We weren't moving further upstream. We were really far away from the gaps in care. And we always talk about like the last mile of health. Well, that last mile of health is made up of a lot of inches where things fall apart, things don't work. But what I recognized is that when you don't have people who are closest to the problems where things fall apart, uh, there's a lot that you, you don't realize that this is not a problem that you need to be solving. Sometimes when you're super far away, you don't really understand what that root cause is. And I think that the other reason that I have learned why it's so important for nurses to be involved in this is because they're closest to the suffering. Mm -hmm. And when you're close to suffering, it brings a level of urgency that somebody who's thinking about quarterly performance just doesn't have. I mean, when you're sitting there with somebody who has a child that is... Um, it's struggling with mental health, struggling with seizure disorders, or somebody who's got an, uh, an elderly family member who is wandering because of their dementia. It really changes how you view the problem. And when you understand what the problem is, and really specifically what the problem is, I mean, the number of times when I've heard people talk about how we're going to address dementia care and you ask people, well, what if we figured out these biomarkers? And what if we were able to determine, like, who's at risk? If you ask somebody who's taking care of a loved one with dementia, their major concern is, I don't want them to wander off. So it dramatically shifts, like, what type of problems you work on. And I would just say, you know, you ask about disrupting traditional power structures. That was never an intention. Like disruption for the sake of disruption is just disruptive. So I've never had that as a goal, but I will say oftentimes when I ask these questions, it does tend to lead to a lot of hand-wringing. Yep, I, I agree with that. And uh, I think the current healthcare system is, is ripe for that kind of conversation. So in healthcare organizations, 
How would you like nurses to be more involved in decision making and leadership roles? And and what obstacles currently stand in the way of this? I think the most important um, obstacle, the biggest obstacle, is um, our mindset and also our financing model. So I think that there is this belief that there's a certain group of people who are going to be the best problem solvers. And I I really come at it from this human-centered design, which is let's find the unmet need. And oftentimes that unmet need, the person who's going to find that is actually the person who's the expert in the problem. We call them patients, but it's frequently their family members. And where, you know, oftentimes when you work with individual patients, they're really good at describing their particular challenge, their particular problem. And nurses, what I find they're really good at, they're amplifier of that patient and of that family because they take care of hundreds of people like them. And so uh, a real big barrier, I think, is thinking about who really should be in that innovation agenda, in that at that innovation table. And oftentimes I invite people, look around, like who's on your innovation team? And when you notice that there are people that aren't there, I think the first question you need to ask is why? Did we make them feel welcome? Do they feel like this is their this is their playground? Have we gone out of our way to be intentional about inviting them in? And then the second major barrier is financing. We have a business model, particularly for nurses, where we pay them to perform and to manage tasks. We haven't job crafted or career crafted where we're inviting nurses to share their insights, where we're asking them, like, what wasn't working for you? What are the things that provide the most friction, the most headache? What are the things that get in the way of you really being present? Nurses save lives. So if nurses are running off busy, charting, trying to track down equipment, they're not there really assessing how did this medication work? Do we make sure that they were safe? Was their airway protected? There's just so many different things that require these superpowers of observation. So when we don't have a business model that really values and brings nurses into that innovation agenda, say, we want your insights. Tell us how things work. Tell us when they fall apart. Now that we've identified a really great problem, how do we invite you and put you on that team that's starting to craft the solution? If you have a mission or a mandate to improve health or human experiences, you need nurses, you need a lot of them, and you need them at every level of your decision-making and your design work. I could not agree more. So Shauna, you're an entrepreneur and a big thinker yourself. So how can we encourage nurses to adopt maybe a more entrepreneurial mindset when it comes to healthcare innovation? So it's interesting. I think that word entrepreneurship can be really scary. Um, When we think about entrepreneurs, I think that there are a few people out there that have the DNA to be an entrepreneur, but I think we all have the DNA to be problem solvers. We don't get in to doing the work of being in people's lives in some of their most difficult and painful moments to not help. We are there to help. And so what I often think about and what I what I invite people in, because when I use the word entrepreneurship, they're like, oh, I don't want to start a business. I'm like, I get it. Um, I don't understand this innovation. So my invitation in is, are there any problems that you see? Oh, my goodness. There are so many problems. And so there's no end of that list. So I think of it as the gateway um, into how you're going to be, be f- f- first start out, be a problem solver. When you start with those problems, 
if you know that problem and you make friends with it, you're going to be a fantastic designer of what a solution is. Now you've got that solution. We go to that business case to say, okay, so how are we going to pay for this? Like, what are those changes of resources? How, how do we monetize this? And I think the biggest thing is you find partners, you make friends, you know, you're the expert at what that problem is. You got some really good ideas of what that solution might look like because you have these unmatched feedback loops and trust with people, you can go do rapid iteration. And then you surround yourself by people who have a different set of skills who can help you from the standpoint of like, okay, so what would a business model look like? And oftentimes I don't think of myself as an entrepreneur, but what I do think of myself and what I share with everybody is that it's not, you know, we, we've been, we've been working with entrepreneurs who are solving so many challenges in healthcare, but oftentimes they really miss our workflows. And the more and more I would look at that word entrepreneurs, I realized we were just misspelling it. The actual word is entrepreneurs. And when you have those who are closest to the suffering, who have a really good take on what those problems are, how they unfold, what a good solution would look like, what doesn't work, that's really where we start to dramatically improve what people's experience and outcomes are. Entrepreneurs. I love that. So good. So, And you know what the thing is, is when I say that, people get it right away. They get they it. They do. Shauna, in what ways can technology support nursing innovation? And, and what are some examples of successful technology-driven innovations that you've seen? There is no place really where technology can't help because a lot of what we are experiencing in our health experiences right now across our system is friction. We have a huge amount of volume. So what, what's super exciting right now is because we've digitized so much and we're working with like lakes of data, oceans of data. And if we understand what's going on, um, we have the ability to anticipate, which means we get to intervene, which means we can then start prioritizing. And then once we've got, we know where the problem is going to be. We know who it's going to hit first. We know exactly what that logistics is. And so technology is changing who does what, when and where. And it's really upskilling everyone, patients included. You know, so from the standpoint, of when you think about just right now, uh, diagnosing and testing. We have tools that people can use in their homes at their own convenience using a camera on a phone, um, a microphone on something to test different types of changes to their voice. So we have tools in people's hands. And what that allows is for everybody to upskill. So when we think about the range of things that nurses can do, it becomes broader and broader and broader. And why I think it's so important that nurses have those tools is because nurses are everywhere. We have an unfair advantage in that there are just more of us and we are everywhere. And the other unfair advantage, or maybe you know, it's not unfair, it is earned and deserved. We are trusted. We are trusted more than any other profession and not by a little bit. And that's trust that's been earned. So when you take that, that volume, that influence, and you pair it with these tools and technologies, there's not a single condition out there where we can't take our tool to places we frequently have not been. And it makes me very excited and very optimistic when I think about health equity, when I think about access and our ability to reach the people who have been hardest reached and hardly reached. 
So that's where I get super excited about how technology, and it's not, I mean, we're saying technology is a, as a big catch-all, but very specifically, when we're thinking about datas and AIs and robotics and point-of-care diagnostics and voice recognition and virtual reality and gamification, there is this toolbox that we can use that will dramatically improve what we can do, where we can do it, and how many more people we can actually help have better health. Can you share an example of your favorite nurse-led innovation? doesn't have to be high-tech, but it can be um, something you've witnessed or that you've been involved in. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that you qualified that versus high-tech versus low-tech because or no-tech. Um, you know, when we think about uh, tech, a solution or an innovation, what we're looking at is impact. Like how many people are we actually taking care of? And um, one of my colleagues, Brie Laughlin, one of the things that she's recognized is that there are technology deserts. When you have technology deserts, so much of our care right now is virtual first, digital first. So literally taking an iPad and putting it on a stand in places where people frequently don't have technology, like homeless shelters, like refugee camps, all these different places, they're not necessarily walking around with a smartphone. They don't have a primary care provider. They don't have transportation to get to the public health department. So literally, she puts it up on a stand with an iPad and with one touch, you're connected live to another nurse to say, hey, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Let's take a look. Let's get your temperature. And using all these different technologies right there, point of point of care, to be able to assess how someone is doing. And, and that technology is actually right now being rolled out in other health systems to help manage the load and the demand on our emergency services by doing triage pre-hospitalization. Because there's so many people who come to the emergency department for that love for, for care and they don't really need that level of service. So that, you know, that that's one example. And, and another example of um, something that's no tech, it is building trust with people. Um, Julius Johnson. So he is a nurse practitioner up in um, Brooklyn, New York. And in his life, he has seen the lives of black men cut short, either through um, high rates of metabolic diseases, violence, depression, you name it. Black men have some of the worst health and health outcomes and shortest lives in this country. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to, you know, there's a reason why they don't come to our traditional healthcare spaces. So I'm going to go meet them where they are. So um, Dr. JJ, who is also this football coach, he's actually been talking about just their overall general health, meeting them in the places where they feel confident and helping them gain a way to navigate and build trust within the healthcare system. I mean, he's got technology going on with it, but his innovation is be where people feel confident. Go to the places where you build trust. Oh, I love these examples. So, Shauna, from your perspective, what steps can healthcare organizations take to really foster a culture of innovation and empower their nursing staff to be more creative, be more innovative and forward thinking? I think the first thing is a very clear, active invitation to say, we need you. There are so many problems in here. There is no possible way that we can do this without you. And when they're thinking about innovation, the first question that they need to ask is, where are the nurses? And I really, I mean, that sounds really simple, but I do think it would dramatically shift 
Um, so there's the invitation. The other part is this idea that there's a small, very specific group or category of people who are going to be your innovators or your problem solvers. The fact is that people see all sorts of different problems. And I really think of as an innovation agenda, I would rather see people think about it as a library. I mean, what do you do when you, when you have a library? People come in seeking information, seeking support, trying to understand something, and they're all at different levels of, I've just discovered this problem to, I'm ready to scale this innovation and take it public. And when I think the other thing that particularly our executives need to do is not only creating time, space, budget, and encouragement, but whenever somebody comes to you to say, you know, I've been noticing and there's this problem, and I have this idea. The first thing out of their mouth with great enthusiasm should be, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Let's try. Okay, you started touching on this a moment ago. So what do you see as the biggest opportunities and the biggest challenges for nursing innovation in the future? And how can we best prepare nurses for these challenges? This is a no-brainer. The very first thing and the greatest opportunity that we have, and it's also one of our greatest challenges, we need to be focused on safety. The first thing that we do in healthcare is do no harm. And when we look at the number of statistics, the number of of moments in time where there has been harm, harm to patients, harm to our healthcare providers, we are a place We should be the leaders in safety because very first of all, that is the first thing we need to do. And it's interesting to me oftentimes that when I talk with different health systems or hospitals and they, you know, they'll they'll always say, let me take you to our innovation um, program, our innovation lab. And my first question usually is, well, I actually rather go to your implementation program because ideas are a dime a dozen. It's like, what are you actually solving? What are you actually getting done? But then we go into this area where they, share with with me this portfolio of work. Very impressive, but it's on remote monitoring or, you know, sensors or all these other things. And I, you know, what I hear is we're going to, you know, our plan on this is the intellectual property or how do we build out this product? Most of our health systems are not capitalized to be able to do that. That's not their core business. Their core business is safety. So I think Anybody who's innovating in in healthcare, the first thing in their portfolio should be, how are we making this safer? And there are so many different ways. When we think about how we transport people, the, the medications that we're using, making sure that everything that we do in surgery, all of our electric, everything, there is nothing that doesn't have a safety component to it. So that is always my easy answer. My second thing that I think we should be the masters of is waste reduction. Absolutely. There is so much that we have an opportunity to be leaders in. And I've really caught the bug from so many of my other nursing colleagues who have helped me to understand the role of planetary health and what we need to be doing to decarbonizing healthcare. It's what we do, we buy, we burn. And so we as a sector and as a set of professionals, we are contributing to the the deterioration, not only of our planet, but of the people who live on it. What I love in this is it's this great intersection of innovation, activism, and social justice and health equity. So it's an easy answer for me. I think, you know, it's interesting that these are our greatest opportunities. 
And they're also our greatest challenges. Shauna Butler, you're incredible. I always learn so much from our conversations. And I just thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I am so delighted that you asked me these questions, that you care about all of this. And I'll just, you know, again, reiterate, if you have a mission or a mandate to improve health or human experiences, you need nurses. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by Dan O'Donnell and fact-checked by Vanessa Garcia-Woodworth. Special thanks to Maria Lagias, Grace Rubenstein, Farah Day Grunge, Jimmy Gutierrez, Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, and Colin Helms. I'm Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter. I'll talk to you again next week. You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this show comes from Brooks. I've really gotten into running this year, so I have to tell you about the Ghost 16 from Brooks because this shoe is kind of a game changer. I found the cushioning to be next level comfortable. It's incredibly soft, yet surprisingly lightweight. It's literally comfortable every time my foot hits the pavement. The Ghost 16 from Brooks isn't just a shoe for me. It's a daily boost for my runs. Visit brooksrunning.com to learn more.